Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. Now for the impactful June 11th message, Discovering Your Identity, Purpose, and Destiny. A feast for your spirit. Good morning, Digital Cathedral family. Glad you're with me. Happy to have you watching from whatever state, whatever nation that you happen to be in this morning. I'm glad that you're with me today. I don't, I don't think it's by chance that you're here. I think it's a design of destiny because we're going to be talking about three major things that I think are important right now for where you're at in your spiritual development. Three big, three big components this morning, so I want you to stay with me all the way through to the end of the teaching. If you have to leave, make sure you come back and pick it up because you're not going to get the full impact if you don't hear the whole thing. All right. So let me lay a little foundation, then we're going to get into what we want to really get into this morning, which is the expose it, which is exposing you and nailing down three important elements for this particular time in your spiritual development. All right. Let me start over in 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, and I, I want to read just verses 1 and 2. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, reading out of the New King James. John said, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. That's present tense now. You're called a son of God, daughter of God, now today. Fix that in your mind. Let's put that behind us. That's a given. <clears throat> Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. Now, you know, I used to, I used to read those, those verses, and I, I think back in the day, I might even have related this to the second coming of Jesus, that, you know, when he finally is revealed, we see him that we're going to be transformed instantly into being like he is. And that's not what this verse is talking about. What, the, what these two verses are actually talking about is, is an unveiling of Jesus. And the more that you see him revealed and unveiled, the more you're going to discover who you are. Let me, let me read it again. And I see this much more with, with a present tense reality. It has not been yet revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he's revealed, when we see him, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. So the clearer the picture becomes of who Jesus is, the more you're going to understand about who you are. So here's, here's what we're, we're getting at this morning. See, Jesus, Jesus doesn't change. So what we're seeing is a, as an unveiling of who he has always been. And because he's a pattern son, the unveiling of who he has always been, as we see him with clarity, as revelation comes, we're going to see who we've always been also. What's going on today? We think it's revelation. It's not really revelation. What's happening is your mind is becoming clear. And when your spirit receives revelation about who he is, you discover who you are, and so it's not, it's not a brand new revelation. It's a discovery of what has always been. 
And what has always been is the truth that the Father sent you here on a mission. He sent you here on a mission and a purpose as much as he sent Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now that purpose was instilled in Jesus before he ever got here. And what I'm contending this morning is that it's important that you and I grasp the purpose of what we're here for. And one of the ways that we discover what we're here for is to, is to get an understanding of who Jesus has always been. And in discovering him, you're going to get a clearer picture of yourself. You want to know what the Father thinks of you? Look at Jesus. Father thinks of you exactly as he thinks of Jesus. As I see him more clearly, I understand more clearly how the Father sees me. It becomes, it becomes a remembering of who he designed me to be. Why, why would we think that any son, any daughter has come to the planet without a divine design? I'll tell you why. It's because the culture that we were birthed into has bombarded us and told us who we are told us how to think. The preacher told us that we were born in sin with an endemic nature, that we were born separated from God. And from the time we were born, maybe up until this present time, culture has formed an image in you and you've perceived of yourself in a certain way because that's what's been ingrained in you since birth. You know what that's done? It's caused us to have amnesia. It's caused us to forget why we were sent here and who we are and what the Father has designed us for. We got distracted. We got rerouted because of the, our upbringing, because of everything that fed into us to make us into who we think that we are today because that's what culture told us. That's what the church told us, and so that's how we perceive ourselves. But now our eyes are opening. We're beginning to see some things. We're beginning to understand what our divine function is, what our role is, what our place is in the kingdom, what that place is that's always been reserved for us since the beginning of time. And so both our, our secular culture and our spiritual culture, I guess I could say it like this, they've taught us a whole lot more of what to think than how to think. They've taught us what we should perceive about ourselves rather than how to discern for ourselves and to develop ourselves through an understanding and a revelation that the Spirit of Truth brings to us. What we've had is the teacher standing in front and the preacher standing up front and talking to us while we listen, maybe, you know, take a few notes. You know what that par paradigm has done? It creates a subconscious mentality it creates a pressure for us to accept what we hear and to not question it, not challenge it. Most of us have never challenged what we were told to believe. Most of us have never challenged. Now, some of you are a little bit rebellious, maybe, and so you begin to question things. And if you question them, you are immediately put in place. Can't question. That's not a great way. The, what, the process we've come through, in our church life, our cultural life, our schooling, has not been a great way to expand our mind or our level of consciousness. All that is changing today. The Spirit is opening our eyes. We're awakening to things. See, for us, it's brand new. 
But in reality, it's not brand new. It's what has always been. We're not discovering some, some truth or revelation that has never existed. It's always been there in the heart and the mind of the Father. And now he's finally beginning to break through. It's new to us, but it's not new to him. It's not new to what he implanted us before the foundation of the world. In fact, Philippians says it well. Philippians chapter 2. Do you know the scripture? I, I read it pretty often. Because for me, it was a life-changing scripture. It took a lot of pressure off of me and began to allow me to see the process that the Father was working within me. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Watch what he says. He says, Work out your own salvation. Now, I've spent a lot of time on talking to you about what salvation is. Salvation is not a ticket to heaven. Salvation, um, the word soteria, means to have completeness, wholeness, fullness, uh, come to a, a measure of fullness, right? So he says, you, you need to work some things out. Don't, don't listen to what they told you necessarily in, in school or the, what the preacher said. See, I'm real strong about that at the Digital Cathedral. I, I, I teach, I present, I tell you the way I see it. But really, it's your responsibility to get it for yourself. I can teach it, but I can't understand it for you. So you need to dig out the understanding. You need to get the revelation. You need to understand what the Father has placed within you. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. But he says, you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, the, the, the part I like about this is that he's going to show us how our consciousness can expand. This is how we need to think. Forget how they taught you to think. Forget, see, they, they told you more what to think than how to think. Now, here's, here's the key to how you should think. Right? The 13th verse says, For it is God that works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, if it's the Father working in you, both the will and the ability to do that will, then don't you think we should be tapping into him more than anybody else? That's, that's, working out your, that's working out your completeness. That's working out your wholeness. He comes and he discloses, he reveals, he, he fellowships with you. He, he, you have an understanding of him. He, you start to see yourself through his eyes. Jesus becomes more clearly revealed. And as he's revealed, we just read in 1 John, then you discover who you are. See, we've not been taught how to do that. So part of my job here at the Digital Cathedral is to bring you to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, which means you're going to have to begin to become independent the way you think and the way you see. All right? So that 13th verse tells us, listen, that it's God who puts his will and plan into us. And then the last part of that verse says it's not only God who, who wills it, but he empowers us, he enables us, he equips us to do that will. Now this is starting to get interesting. We're going to start to get into some things. So what, what it appears to me is that the Father is saying in that uh, 12th and 13th verse of Philippians chapter 2, and when you take that into consideration with 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, the revelation of the Son disclosing who we've always been, our mind beginning to open, our, our spirit beginning to open, is telling me that we have been imprinted with a... See, a blueprint is the, the drawing of a plan. 
The Father deposited within you the drawing of a, of a divine plan. Isn't that what he just said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13? It is God who works in you both to will. He's, he's working his will within you. Don't, you don't have to struggle to find it. I'm going to ask you three questions in just a minute that will help you discover that will because I'm asked all the time, what is God's will for me? What is its purpose? I want to discover uh, you know, what he wants me to do. I'm going to help you with that in just a minute. But I want you to accept the fact that you have a kingdom blueprint that we need to explore. We need to develop. And most importantly, we need to be a steward over it. We need to guard it. We need to protect it. We need to nourish it. The kingdom blueprint, what the Father has designed you to do, is the biggest gift that you can ever bring to the world. Now, you may feel like, man, I, I've never contributed much of anything. I'm just a regular old guy. This regular old gal over here works a job. Listen, that's part of the plan. That's part of the blueprint that he's working within you. He worked the blueprint in you, and then he's given you the ability. Now, what we, in church talk, that would be anointing. He's giving you the anointing to be able to fulfill it. 1 John chapter 2, we just read from 1 John chapter 3, but let me come back over to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20 says this, you have an anointing from the Holy One. He's the one working, working it in you, works his will. He gives you the ability, the anointing, and you know all things. Man, that's a, that's a heavy-duty statement right there. You know all things. You know why you know all things? Because the spirit of truth that taps into the om, omniscient, omnipotent Father dwells within you. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Let's just sit back and accept that today. Let's just say that within me is the ability to know all things. Whatever I need to know to fulfill my plan, my destiny, this blueprint, <clears throat> I had the ability to grab it. Verse 27, but the anointing which you have received, 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, but the anointing which you have received, anointing is nothing but a divine enablement. It's, that, you know, it's this word that religion has used a lot to make us think it's something special. No, it's not. It's, a, it's simply a divine enablement that goes beyond your natural ability. It's him, it's the Father expressing himself through you. That's the anointing. You have an anointing which you have received from him, and it abides in you. And you don't need that anybody teach you. Doesn't mean you're unteachable. Doesn't mean you don't listen to other people. I I you know, I've got those I listen to, those I read after. I have a circle of, of guys that if I question something, I'll call them, get a hold of them, email them, text them, whatever. Doesn't mean you, you don't, you're not tapped in. What it means is that you are allowing the spirit of truth to teach you not what to think, but how to think, how to discover, how, how to see revelation. Because in seeing him more clearly, you begin to understand who you are. And when you understand who you are, this kingdom blueprint, I'm going to give you Three big important uh, factors here. Just a minute. Just stay with me. I'm still in my introduction. You don't need that anybody teach you. Why? Because we just read in the 20th verse, you know all things. Now, you need to receive that with humility. Okay? 
doesn't mean you're arrogant and prideful. But you, you, have a, you have a confidence. You have a divine confidence that the one who knows all things dwells in you and he freely gives you everything that pertains to life and godliness. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and not a lie, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So that anointing is doing a couple of things. It's teaching you, it's guiding you, it's unveiling, it's bringing revelation, it's gifting you to fulfill the kingdom blueprint. Here's what I'm driving at. This introduction, I'm still my introduction. The Father entrusted this blueprint to you. So if you want the best life possible, if you want the most fulfilling life that you can possibly live, then take ownership of the blueprint. And maybe this morning, at, at least, it's just maybe what I'm teaching you is something that I've never heard this kind of stuff before. I understand I break in a lot of things that are probably new to you. I don't have seven sermons that I just put a new title on and recycle them. I try to bring you what, you know, he gets on me, I get on you. That's how it works. And what he's saying is you need, you need to, if you want the strongest, best life, what you were designed to live, then grab onto that blueprint. And maybe that's, that's all you know this morning is, okay, I accept he's got a blueprint. I accept that I have an anointing. I accept that I have an ability to fulfill it. I accept the fact that it's God that works in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I'm just learning this. How do I know what it is? How do I know what it is? I'm going to ask you three questions. I'm, I'm asked all the time, Pastor, I don't want to miss God's plan. I don't want to, I don't want to miss what he has for me. I, I'm not sure that I'm in his will. How do I know if it's God's will? All right, I'm going to ask you three questions. Still in my introduction. Number one, what is it that you really enjoy doing? Only you can answer that. And what you enjoy doing, what I enjoy doing, is probably two different things. What is it that you really like to do? What really cranks your engine, lights your fire? What motivates you in the morning when, when you get up? Or what even motivates you to get out of bed in the morning? All right, sec second question. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail and you would succeed? Absolutely be a smashing success. What is it that you'd like to do? What do you enjoy? What is it that you like to do if you knew you'd succeed at it? And number three, what would you do if money was not a consideration? See, money's a, money's a big motivator for most people. <clears throat> and so back in college or when you were forming your, your job or your occupation, culture fed into you what, what you should be thinking. See, in my day, it was that everybody go to college. Now we learned that college is not that important. I don't want to say it's not that important. I'm, I'm big on education. That's why, that's why we developed Global Grace Seminary. Because I'm big on that. And we need that. There's nothing wrong with education. But you can be educated as an apprentice. Matter of fact, looking back on my life, if I had it to, to do over again, I probably would not spend all the years in school that I spent at the preacher factory. I would probably found a successful pastor and just become an apprentice. Let him mentor me. I would have probably learned a whole lot more than I did at the preacher factory. Probably been a much more successful pastor than I was. 
I didn't do bad, but I, I, I never felt like I hit full stride. What is it that you enjoy, enjoy doing? If you knew you couldn't fail, what is it? And if money was not a consideration? The Father wired you. The Father predestined you with a very unique personality. Certain likes and certain dislikes. He placed skills within you, abilities within you, and other things you have absolutely no ability for, you have no interest in. See, I've, to I've told you before, I'm not a handyman. I can't fix stuff around the house. That's not my gift. That's not my call. That's not what I do. I have to call somebody if we have problems at the house. Wish I could fix it. I don't, I can't. I'm all thumbs. See, now some of you, you're very fulfilled in fixing things, constructing things, building things. You, you have a mind that can put the pieces together even before you assemble them. I don't have that gift. See, but I'll tell you this, the skills and the abilities that he's put within you make you the best you on the planet. Can you accept that this morning? Can you accept that you are the most unique individual that God created and placed on the planet? Nobody has the same thumbprint. If we were to take people's thumbprints, everybody has a different one. That's how unique you are. That's how the Father designed you. The Father made you that unique person in every way. And there's a very practical reason, I think, why most of us have not, have not hit the full stride yet. I don't care how old you are this morning or how young you are watching the Digital Cathedral. If you're 60, 70 years old, listen, you've got a lot of time yet. Father's going to give you years and eons of time to fulfill the call that he's given to you. It's, it's the call that you have, the gifts and abilities you have aren't, aren't going to change when you, when you transition, when you move from one level of consciousness to another. But there's something that for many of us have held us back to this point. Paul just nailed it. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. I wish I could tell you that I was never guilty of this, but I have been. And some of you, this has been a hindrance for yourself. Watch what he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. I want to read just verse 12 and 13. He said, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, may, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. What is he saying here? He's saying the most unwise thing that you can do is compare yourself to somebody else. We dare not class or compare ourselves with other people. That's what verse 12 is telling us. Now watch verse 13. We, however, will not boast beyond our measure that word measures the Greek word metron. It means limited portion of authority, limited skills, abilities. We will not boast beyond our measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God has given us, a sphere which especially includes you. All right, a sphere which especially includes you. Whatever, whatever measure, whatever metron, measure of rule, that the Father has given you, it is designed to reach other people. 
It is designed to meet needs and minister to other people. But what has held us back? Listen, what has held us back? And this is part of what, what we were groomed with in culture and even church was to compare ourselves among ourselves, to look at our gifts, look at our abilities, how well we're doing in comparison to somebody else. Have you ever noticed you always compare yourself to someone that you think is doing better than you're doing? <laughs> it makes you feel like a failure, doesn't it? Right? Now. Stop doing that. If you, I used to compare myself to other pastors. I think, man, what's, what's wrong with me? My church isn't like, you know, Joel Osteen. <clears throat> Why isn't my church Joel Osteen's church? I preach as good as Joel Osteen preaches. I think I can. Maybe I can't. I don't, in my eyes, I do. <laughs> See, but I, I would compare. I would compare. I would look at somebody else. And Paul said, that's not a wise thing to do. Don't do that that has held us back from, from the discovery and the confidence that comes when we understand who we are and what God's plan is for us. You have a God-implanted uniqueness that he's working out. He's starting to express. And what he wants you to do is learn how to slow down and rest and get a handle on that kingdom blueprint. The Father, right now this morning, in a, in a lot of different ways, the Father is showing you to you. Right? A big part of it comes as we see Jesus more clearly, and then we can begin to accept ourselves. Now, the three words that are important. Here we go. All right, my introduction is done. I want to move into a little bit of the message. Three words that are important to understand for you to grasp. And I've come this morning to give you assurance on these three words. First word is identity. Your authentic self. Identity is authentic self. Who are you? Let me just tell you, you, you are a son and a daughter of God with his image and his likeness that is being developed. You have the image and the likeness of the creator of the universe. When he stood that little clay, clay man up and he blew the breath of life into him, it was a fulfillment of what he said in Genesis 1, 26, 7, and 8. So let's make man in our image and in our likeness. So when he blew the breath of himself into us, into you this morning, every one of us that's breathing, every time you take a breath, it should remind you that you have a divine nature. That you're in a God class of being. That when he formed you, he took some of himself and placed it in you. You're a very unique expression of part of who the eternal God is. That's why you have certain gifts, certain abilities, certain desires and likes. He took part of himself, put that into you, and breathed into you, and you became a living living person, All right? Your authentic self. It's important to understand your identity, who you've always been, who he designed you to be, All right? Can you, can, you get, can you let that sink down this morning? Can you stop questioning yourself about the way other people see you or the way you see yourself because of how the process, you, process you've come through in, in culture and in, and in spiritual religious circles. All right, second thing, the second word is purpose. Your purpose is why you're here. 
Your, your purpose is to express your identity, right? Your purpose, which expresses your identity, your uniqueness, that part of the Father that you're expressing, is always to point people to the, to the Father and to extend His glory or to extend His presence all over the earth. That's your purpose. Now, He can do that through any, any means. He, he can fulfill your purpose. When you grasp your identity, all of a sudden your purpose becomes paramount. It doesn't matter whether you're flipping hamburgers, selling real estate, uh, uh, you work in an office, a factory. It doesn't matter. You understand, all right, He's planted you right there. You know who you are. You're comfortable in your skin. You know that you're a son, you're a daughter of God. You know that that nature that rises up within you is a divine nature implanted there by God. And the purpose that he's given to you, wherever you find yourself, is to spread his glory, his presence all over the earth. And the third, third, word, is import, third word that's important, in addition to identity and purpose, it's destiny. Destiny is where you're going, where you're headed, what's your future. See, it's an ongoing plan that the Father equipped you with that will extend, listen to me, it will extend into the eons of time. We are in an ever-increasing kingdom. To which the scriptures that there is no end. This is, this is sort of a training ground right here on earth. I'm going to be, well, I tell you what, when we get into the eons of time, I'm going to be a better teacher. I'm going to be a better communicator. My skills are going to be sharpened. I'm doing the best I can do on this planet under these conditions as he opens up to me. But I'm going to tell you what, whatever you're doing, whatever you, whatever you like, whatever it is that you would do if you knew that you would succeed, and if money was no consideration, there's just a good chance you're going to develop that throughout eternity because the Father put that within you. Your destiny is an expression of your kingdom identity. And when you get, when you get the identity nailed down, you get the purpose nailed down, you begin to get a long view that's not just here on the planet. Eventually, we're all going to be back on here. This is, this is not the end of the story. When you understand these three things, it's, it gives you a boldness. It brings a confidence into your life that can't be, that can't be talked out of. Let me, let me just let me put it down in another way. Romans chapter 8, in case you're wondering, man, does this include me? Yes, it does include you. He says this, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Let me just hit it down through verse 30. I got a lot of ground to cover yet. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. That's you. We know that all things work together for good, identity, purpose, and destiny. All, everything in that works to a, a, a real strong benefit. Now watch. According to his purpose. He put the purpose within you. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to struggle and fight to try to find it. You don't have to be fearful that you're going to miss his plan. You, you got to try not to miss. You got to try not to hit it. <laughs> it takes a lot of effort to miss God's plan for your life. Would you learn to just relax, settle in, rest, 
Let him implant you with the, with the blueprint, with his will, with the plan. Then let him pull up alongside of you and say, look, I'm empowering, I'm infusing, I'm, in, I'm infusing my anointing, my ability, that which is beyond the human know-how to accomplish what I've, what I've set you on the planet to accomplish. Everything works together for good to those that are called according to the purpose of God. Now watch verse 29. This is, this is how unique and how special you are. For those that he foreknew, he also predestined. Every person that he foreknew, which is all of us. I like to say nobody slipped through the cracks of heaven to get on earth. But what he knew about it, every person he predestined, or he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now watch Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. And those that he called, he also justified. And those that he justified, he also glorified. This is, this is a progressive unveiling. All of, these, all, of the, all of the little key words in those two verses come with an unveiling of Jesus in your life. I, that gives you understanding who you are. The firstborn among many brothers, right? For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Moreover, those that he, he predestined, now watch, here's, here, Jesus was called. You're called. Jesus was called. Those that he called, he justified. Jesus was as justified as any man ever walked the planet. And those that he justified, he glorified. Jesus' whole purpose on the planet was to glorify the Father. Jesus said, I don't speak of myself. I always point to the Father. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he won't speak of himself. He'll point to me. So you and I, as we're on, on, on this earth, developing our, our identity, our purpose, and our destiny, it ta we're, we're going we're to begin to see what's talking about in these verses 29 and verse 30. We're going to begin to say, you know what? He did foreknow me. I understand now what he meant in Ephesians 1.4, that he chose me in Christ before the foundation of the world. I understand now what he said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that I was created, I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. He predestined me for that. You were created in Christ Jesus. As his workmanship, he created. That workmanship is your uniqueness. It's your, it's your kingdom blueprint. He, he, you're his workmanship. He put you together, <clears throat> designed you in a special way to be just like you are. You're perfect. You're the best you that will ever be on earth. With the end game, they would also glorify you, and the purpose of glorification is to bring glory to the Father. Are you with me? All right. Now, those, those three facts, those three truths, your, your destiny, your uh, purpose, right? Are you with me? Your destiny and your purpose. And, and what, what was the third one? Your identity. All right. Those are supported by four pillars. Now, this is what he's developing in you now. And this is, this is what, we spend a lot of time on these pillars at the Digital Cathedral. We don't call them pillars. We call them discoveries or truths, but they're there. They're four pillars that support your identity, your purpose, 
and your destiny. All right? So now if, if you got that set, do you see what your do you see what your identity is? It's son and daughter God, divine nature, uh, image and likeness of God. You understand what your purpose is. That's what you like to do. You do if if you knew you'd succeed. What you really would do if money was no consideration. It's the thing that really cranks your engine, lights your fire. It's why you get up in the morning. And then your destiny, you understand that his long-term purpose is to get you molded into the image of the firstborn son that you can extend the kingdom all over the earth. All over the earth. All right. Now, there, there's some pillars that support that. As these pillars get strong, as these pillars grow, then, then the identity, the purpose, and the destiny become a little bit more clear. And I'm going to bring it all back to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but now we're the children of God. Hasn't been revealed what we shall be, but we know when we see Him, when we get a revelation of Him, then we're going to understand what the childhood is about because we're going to see Him as He is. Hope I'm communicating this morning because whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. First John chapter 3, verse 2. When we see him, we'll be just exactly like him. That's the process. Now he's building, he's building some pillars within you. I get excited about this stuff. Sorry. <laughs> he's building some pillars within you. We spend time at the digital cathedral in developing the, these. Right? Now, let this get strong. Let this get really strong in your life. All right, here's, I'm going to give you four pillars. And I want you to, I want you to get a visualization of this. These pillars that are growing up and they're, so, and they're building on this platform of your identity, your purpose, and your destiny. All right, the first pillar that, is, that has got to be established. All right, let, let, me, let me come back to this. Who me foreknew you also be predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Jesus carried these four pillars. And he's, he's, he's conforming you through these pillars into the image of Jesus to be as he is in this present world. Right? First pillar is this. You are in Christ and he is in you. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. Right. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures on each of these, just so you know I'm not making this stuff up. All right, Colossians chapter three and verse three: For you died, you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. In Christ in God, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him. In glory, all right. So is the that's it, exactly saying what First John chapter three, verse two is. When Christ, who is our life, appears, when we get revelation, when we see Him as He is, you will appear with Him in glory. In other words, there won't be any difference. Let me give you one more. Colossians chapter one, verse twenty-seven. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. This was the mystery nobody understood up to this time. They didn't see it. Paul didn't see it. 
Paul said, when it pleased the Father who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal the Christ in me. See, by, by our church culture, we were, we were drilled that Christ would be revealed to us. No, 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 no. When he was revealed in us, he's always been in there. That's why, that's why I, I told you at the very start of the, of the teaching that we're discovering who we've always been. We're discovering the purpose that we've always had. We're discovering what, what the Father designed us always to be. This is not a recent development. It's not a recent happening. It's not a recent discovery. It has always been this way. All right? So, first pillar that he's built, this has got to be strong. It's got to be heavy in your life. It's got to be ever-increasing that you're in Christ and he's in you. This builds confidence. All right? Number two, you cannot be separated from Christ. You cannot be separated. I know, you were, I know that you were groomed in church that separation, sin would separate you or bad thoughts would separate you or you were born separated. No, nothing. Romans chapter 8. You know the verses, but let me just read them anyway. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8, verse 38. I am persuaded. See, Paul said, I'm persuaded. I'm trying to get the persuasion in you this morning. These pillars have got to be the persuasion. Now, the identity, the purpose, and the destiny need to be strengthened, need to be implanted deeply. And these, these pillars are how the three identity, purpose, and destiny, these, this is how they settle down and take root. As we get strong in these pillars, right? Verse 38, I am persuaded, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities think present things to come, height, depth, mercy, any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, even death, he said. Again, you, you were groomed to think that if you didn't pray the magic prayer, death would separate you. He says, nothing will separate me. Not even unbelief. Not even doubt. Not even life that you would look at, someone would say, man, I, they really are screw up. See, we, that's why we don't compare ourselves among ourselves. That's a crazy thing to do. We don't justify ourselves by looking at somebody else that really is a mess, what we would call a mess. We know them after the flesh. No, nothing. That guy is not separated. That woman is not separated from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. All right, pillar number three. So far, you got you got to know. Let this grow. This this has got to expand. This has got. There's, there's no end to this. The destiny, the eons of time. These will continue to grow. It's going to take the ages to come to discover the depths of the love and the grace that Father has for us in Christ Jesus. These, these pillars, throughout the eons of time, they're going to continue to grow. All right? You're in Christ, he's in you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And number three, you are fully redeemed, justified, and reconciled because of the work of the cross. That's the finished work. When Jesus said, it is finished, you are redeemed, justified, reconciled, made righteous, let that grow. People still, people still don't feel that way. People say, well, the scripture says not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. That's true. 
but you shouldn't think less of yourself than what the finished work of the cross implanted and imparted into you. Romans chapter 4, verse 5. Romans chapter 4, just back a little bit further here. Romans chapter 4, verse 5. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly. Do you see that right there, man? I, I, I was pastor 35 years. I never preached on that. He justifies the ungodly. So even the ungodly, I said, I said you're fully redeemed and justified. Even the ungodly are justified. That's what he said. So let that, be, let that be an encouragement to you this morning that you're not ungodly, but even if you were, you're still justified. <sighs> Never heard this stuff in church. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness, just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. So what do we learn in those two verses? That he even justifies the ungodly. You're justified. And that he gives, he imputes. I love that word impute. I, I, use, the, I use it direct deposits. He deposits righteousness into your life. All right, let me, let me just read one, one more verse out of this. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. It says, being justified freely. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. All right. So we've we've hit we've hit the bases. Justified, redeemed, uh, uh, reconciled, all that through the work of the cross. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world. See, I, I want you to, I want, I want your confidence in this to grow. Every week when I come here, I try to put another brick in the wall that will solidify your identity, your purpose, and your destiny. And I do it by teaching you that Christ is in you and you're in him, that you'll never be separated, that you are redeemed, justified, you're, you're, you're reconciled, you're, you're everything you need to be. You've got an anointing, my friend. A divine enablement to fulfill the blueprint that you were sent to the planet with. I feel this all over me this morning. And the fourth pillar is this. As you learn to govern yourself, the door opens to govern creation. You know Romans 8, 19, all creation groans and travails, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's you. How do we manifest ourselves, our identity, our purpose, our destiny? How, is it, how are we strengthened so that we can express our identity, our purpose, and our destiny by understanding that Christ is in you and you are in him and it grows until you, you know that you know that you know that you know that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ, that you're already redeemed, justified, made righteous. You got the whole bag of goods, man. All right, those four, those four things right here, they will eliminate condemnation. You cannot 
a man that knows who he is in Christ and he can't be separated from God and he knows he's justified, glorified, you can't put that man under condemnation. He will not feel guilty about anything. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And I just told you the pillar was you got to know that you know that you know that you're in Christ and he's in you. Never feel guilty, not feel condemned. Cast away, can't measure up, not good enough. Can't can't be like old Fred over there. He's he's just way down the road from me. Those four things are going to open your eyes to the kingdom within you and its purpose. Knowing why you're here. It'll open your eyes to your identity, knowing who you are. It'll open your eyes to your destiny. You'll know where you're going and you'll know with confidence. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you at some time just to get quiet. Sit on the back porch or wherever, wherever you go and take a deep breath. I want you to realize something this morning. All heaven is cheering you on. Romans, I think it's chapter 11, talks about the cloud of witnesses. See, chapter 11, chapter, it doesn't matter. But in that, in that passage, it talks about the cloud of witnesses. It, it makes an important statement. It says that they without you will not be made perfect. They will not fulfill their blueprint without you. So when doubts come and try to whisper in your ear, when you get around a religious spirit that whispers in your ear, when you question your identity, when you question your purpose, question your destiny, I want you to refer back to this morning what that old guy down there in Houston, Texas told you, right? We're settling the issue today. I'm going to settle it for every person at the digital cathedral. You, look, look at me. You are part of the Father's master plan. And without you dropping your piece into the puzzle, it's not going to be complete. The beautiful tapestry will not be colorful enough. You, are you still looking at me? You have a part to play. And it was destined since before time that you play it. You are an original. An original. So it's time to build your life to the blueprint of the master builder. Now that's going to mean some things. That's going to mean that you're going to have to blow off some wrong mindsets. Things that are still trying to attach themselves to you. I still get, I still get messages every week from people. I had a message this week, bless her heart. Lady said, I just get free and then I fall back into religion. She says, why can't I stay free? See, at some point you're going to have to blow those mindsets off. At some point you're going to have to say, and I know it takes some time to step over the line. You got to get rid of those old mental constructs that will try to talk you out of what you really are trying to get a hold of, which is what we're teaching on this morning, the truth of who you are, why you're here and where you're headed. I'm not here this morning to try to soften up some old stiff, unbendable wineskin. I'm not here to try to try to work something out of the old you. I'm here 
to reinforce what is resonating on the inside of you as you spend week after week with me here at the Digital Cathedral. I'm here to tell you that he is bringing you out of the shadows. He's bringing you out of the unknown and setting you free to be all that you can be. And it's all by grace, by his faith, by grace through his faith. He's the one that has taken it and planted his will within you, then giving you the power, the anointing to be able to fulfill it. Father sent you here as a world changer. He sent you here to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. You're a son, you're a daughter that's manifesting. Can I tell you this morning, all of creation's looking for you. We're here to join the circle of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm not here to take sides. I'm not here to take a Democratic or a Republican or a Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian. I'm not here to take sides. I'm here as part of a kingdom that's going to take over. You carry the heart of the Father within. And now you're beginning to explode and express that heart to our world. Amen? All right, I'm, I'm done. Wow, that was a load. You may want to go back and listen to this a couple times and pick up on it. Take some notes, sit on the back porch and meditate and put it in the crock pot and slowly cook it and let the spirit of truth unveil to you your identity, your purpose, and your destiny. Build those pillars. Amen. I'm, I feel the preach coming back on. I better, I better shut down or I'll go back into it. See you next time. Digital Cathedral, 10 a.m. Central. See you Wednesday night at Secret Place on the Don Keithley ministry page on Facebook. Have a great week. God bless, and you're becoming all that you can become. In Jesus' name, bye-bye. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our Digital Cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.